in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Morning, church. Good to see you. Not sure if you noticed when you came in uh, this morning that there are some tables, uh, there are some signs that are not normally here. Uh, There's a focus today on a serving ministry. We will tell you just a little bit more about that in a very short time. William Law, an author, made a lasting impact upon 18th century England with his book, A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life. In it, he urges Christians to know that every day should be viewed as a day of humility. And how does he suggest that we do this? All the way back then, uh, by learning to serve others. We have probably all heard that serving and humility sort of go glove in hand. William Law understood that it's with discipline of service that a person gains humility. So we are setting today aside to look closely at the service areas here of our church. Specifically, though, opportunities for people to serve God and his church here on Sundays. You've got to love that all across uh, Townsville, our city, and across our nation and various parts of the world for 24 hours, people are focusing on worshipping God together in this community of believers that we know as church. Sometimes in small groups, other times in very, very large groups and multiples of large groups in some settings. However, during COVID, as uh, we keep reminding ourselves, What a blessing it is to be able to come and to worship corporately the way that we are. So our focus today is to set aside some time uh, for us to specifically pray for the various ministries that assist us in the way that we worship here on Sundays. Now, notwithstanding, we want to put some time aside later in the year to have a focus on the many Northreach and community ministries that happen through the week. So I just want to be really, really clear. We haven't forgotten that there is a massive amount of ministry and, and wonderful outreach that occurs through the week. Today, the focus is on our Sunday ministry and services, including over on this side, uh, youth Ministry, which has a service on Friday night. Three cross-cultural services happen, uh, some getting ready now 
to occur really soon, others later in the day, uh, but three cross-cultural services and three English services that happen here as part of the whole family of God at Northreach. Hospitality, Kids Church, numerous people involved. Uh, it is wonderful to see. I want to be really uh, straight with you today. Service and humility go together very comfortably. Like other areas of our Christian experience, it's guaranteed to help us in our spiritual growth. And I believe Sundays are really special to us here at Northreach. So today, we want to give you opportunity soon to actually hop up and walk around and pray for the various ministries. There'll be people at these various stations and uh, I will invite you soon to actually do something incredibly different as part of church, to hop up, move to a place and pray for that ministry. The various aspects of what we do here on Sunday are reflected and represented. But if you have a Bible here, I want you to open it up right now to John chapter 13. John 13. And we will read together. This is about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end and the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Then he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Well, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him and that why uh, that was why he said that not every one of you was clean. And when he finished washing their feet, he put his clothes back on, returned to his place and he said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and that's right for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And true, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
Now that you know all these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I want to take us back to this night. It's actually Passover. It's regular. They expected it. It was on the calendar. Uh, they had a diary entry. They knew it was coming up. They had prepared to meet together in this way. And it wasn't the first time. They would have done this regularly. And uh, it would have been part of their household as they were growing up as well. Part of their culture and not some random meal that they were sharing together. It was a cultural event. It was annual. And you might remember that uh, towards the close of this evening, uh, there would be the Last Supper. This was it. And pretty soon there'd be Gethsemane. But there's actually an excitement. And I think it's important for us to pick up this context. They're into this festive feast. And the occasion's important. We just can't understand that. So we need to be reminded that that's the setting. Uh, The disciples and Jesus had gathered to eat this meal together. But there was an issue that needed to be addressed. Like, uh, you know, the elephant in the room. Because when they came in, there was no servant there to wash their feet, which also was culture and would normally happen or at least often happen. It was just the 13 of them. And the only people who washed feet were the lowest of the servants. And there were none of those kind of people in the room with them. So they sat reclining at the table with dirty, smelly feet. No one rose to do the worst job in the house until Jesus gets up and demonstrated right there to all of them what service and greatness were all about. So this context is important to see what Jesus wants to teach in this passage. He's aiming really at service and serving. And I want to take a look at service by uh, having a look at some of the aspects and the truths of sincere service. I think it's easy, I think, to be a servant for the wrong reasons and to serve in the wrong ways. As Christians, we should pattern our serving and our service on Jesus or on people who follow Jesus. He showed us how to be a servant by his life, his ministry and his lifestyle. So I want to look at a couple of important aspects about service just to put it out there so that we have a more rounded view of the biblical ideal for serving and service. And the first thing I want to say is that sincere Service comes from God. True service comes from the desire placed in your heart by God himself. He's very practised at serving. He knows what it is to be a servant. Jesus knows. And you know that uh, we often call it the still small voice of God, that as Christians, 
Uh, we receive promptings. We receive opportunity. Our eyes are opened and our sensory aspect is alerted to opportunities to follow Jesus in practical ways and we call that serving. And uh, the important thing for us is to be so devoted in how it is that we are intentionally following Jesus that we become instantly aware when there's an opportunity to serve. Amen. Uh, glove in hand, service and humility. And with humble hearts, we will know when there's an opportunity to serve. We might see people helping here and there and that's needed and it's really good. I believe serving uh, opens uh, us up to serve others. It's great to have ways to serve, but it's amazing when you see others serve and you get blessed. Amen. So when others serve, we get blessed. And when we serve, others get blessed. God will show us where he wants us. And it's our role to be available to him. God and his purposes should be the motivator when it comes to serving. Here's the second thing I want to say. Sincere service needs no human reward. Real servants of God are not looking over their shoulder to see who's noticing. However, insincere, serving that is not sincere, needs to know that people see and appreciate the effort that's being made. Insincere service needs human applause, looks for it. In contrast, though, we see in Scripture that true service needs none of those things. It only needs the divine knot of approval. Our serving is initiated and approved by God himself. And I believe it's fair and appropriate to use the examples of prayer and fasting found in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus instructs the disciples that when a person prays for public approval or fasts for the same reason, they've received their reward in full. The reward for service comes from God, not from man. And uh, here's another thing. Sincere service has no right to pick and choose. In Mark 9 and 35, it says that we are to be a servant of all. Broadly, we could summarise two types of serving, doing things and helping people. So when it comes to people, we don't get to refuse some. We as Christians are bound to serve all people, whether they're high and powerful, with the ability to respond or provide thanks, or they're defenceless. Regardless of status or ethnic background, poor, rich, beautiful, ugly, insane, good-hearted, any other category of person that you want to label, uh, in the kingdom of God, there are no labels. So we have no right to pick and choose. We are simply called to serve. Here's another. Sincere service happens whether we feel that we want it to or not. True service happens whenever and wherever there's a need. True service is a lifestyle and a way of thinking. Feelings don't come into it. 
because our feelings can often be a hindrance to service. And, uh, and if service becomes your lifestyle, then Satan will not have an opportunity to make you feel like not serving today. And it's important that we know that serving is a choice. In our ministry life, we make these choices every day. Jesus chose to serve the disciples. As I read the passage, I don't kind of feel like uh, their world uh, suddenly was flipped upside down or would have been if Jesus didn't wash their feet. He simply served. He didn't have to do that. But their world certainly got better in terms of their new knowledge and their sense of well-being because Jesus showed them how he felt about them. And that is a massive key. Serving elevates those around you. It provides a sense of honour and respect for others. And his serving was very clearly about them, wasn't it? Our serving should be about others, not our own needs. It's always about others. You may be thinking to yourself, uh, if I do that, people will take advantage of me and walk all over me. And right here, I believe it's important to see the difference between choosing to serve and choosing to be a servant. When we choose to serve, we're still in charge. We decide whom we will serve and when and how. And when we're in charge, we'll worry about someone taking advantage of us or stepping all over us. Or we'll make all of our serving decisions based on how it reflects positively back onto us. Jesus Christ, simply by his example, commands us to get up from the table, wrap the towel around us and wash our neighbour's feet. Our attitudes about service should flow from our heart and spill out into our actions. Northreach does have a focus of serving and service. There are so many opportunities within and outside of Sundays. We just wanted you to see the many opportunities that happen around here on Sundays. We sincerely see that what happens and the people who get involved is necessary for us to have the worship and the focus and the uh, the way that we are able to come together corporately and focus on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. It just doesn't happen. Like there's people who are constantly involved. You see, every Sunday people serve and others are blessed. So good, great, amazing. So today... We're going to pray for the many servants who give of themselves to see people blessed. Uh, the idea is that we will hop up from our seats in a moment 
and I would invite you to go to one of these stations. Cross culture, they need bus drivers. Uh, pray for the bus ministry that brings our Sango Christians uh, to a service so they can worship the Lord in a relevant way that actually warms their hearts and enables them. We want to pray for our Karen, for our Chinese. We want to pray for the English-speaking people who participate with them to enable them. We want to pray for our kids' ministry. We want to pray for our hospitality. Uh, and, and remember that we are able to do this because God graciously enables people to have the energy, the capacity, the willingness, and he uses their availability that together as we come, we bless one another. We want to one another upon one another. We want you to know that we're a great big team. Emphasis on great. Throwing ourselves into the life of Northridge to bless upon one another. And so I want to invite you to get up, go to a station and pray for the ministry. Ask questions. There are uh, many of the uh, stations have pieces of paper that you can take away and that will enable you to pray when you get home and then tomorrow and every day and every week and every month that we continue to pray for one another and we bless into the ministry uh, and remember that it just doesn't happen. We muck in together in order to see Jesus acknowledged in the way that we're able to. And uh, when you've been to your first station, think about your second station. There's some over here, there's some at the back, there's some down the front here, there's others over that side. Uh, once you've been over there, perhaps, you come over here and that'll be your second station and then that would be your third station and that would be your fourth station and over here might be your fifth and sixth. Uh, I just welcome you, encourage you to go to as many but if you get stuck on one, that's holistically fine. So visit as many as you're able to, but the focus is on prayer, not on just making sure you visit them all. So stand there, uh, get your notes, ask questions, get clarity. How can I pray for you? How can I continue to have a life of prayer that blesses you and your ministry? And you may even be drawn to say, oh, I want in. That's something I can be involved with. See how all this fits together so that we bless one another in this way. So let's go and pray. When you hear the band, there'll be a change in the music. You'll see the band is up here. Just begin worshipping as you return to your seat and we'll worship together uh, back in this way and prepare ourselves for the Lord's table. Let me pray. So, Father... Uh, we come to you and we acknowledge that you are the giver of the enabling, you're the giver of all good gifts. You give us this wonderful opportunity to serve upon one another. Uh, help us, Lord, to pray and uh, gift one another the blessing of involvement as we share together in this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. No amen yet, we're not done, so please hop up. Let's pray.